better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Hey, here we go. Let's roll. It is another edition of the Matt Wyatt Show here on a, what's today? What day is it? Wednesday? Oh, I know what day it is. It sure is. (laughs) The halfway point of the week. Welcome in. You made it to the halfway point anyway. Welcome into the show here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. I'm Matt. Bill is here. And most importantly, you are here. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show, and I hope you will be. Text me on the country, please, and text line at 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Or call me on the Divinity phone. Get to hear your voice. 995-1059. That's a 601 number. 995-1059. Fire it up. It's Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. You're about to be over the hump. And some of us are some of us are already over the hump. Or over the hill. That's different than over the hill. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Alright, so a lot to get into with you today. Baseball is on the front page. There's good and bad. Don't ever let anybody tell you we don't have baseball to watch. You do have base. Anybody with a smartphone can watch all the baseball they want to watch at a really high level. Future major leaguers, assuming there will be a major league in the future. <laughs> we got college baseball. Yeah, the bad news, major league baseball. Well, they really have mismanaged that whole thing. And they didn't hit the second deadline. All right, so get your texts in, your calls, your otherwise, and we'll jump into the conversation now with you on this Wednesday. Uh, Just to reiterate again, text me on the country, please, and text line, it's 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. Grumpy, the first to text today. And he said, um, Matt, you and Bart's broadcast yesterday featuring John Cohen was great. (laughs) He said, Bart is an encyclopedia of MSU info. Grumpy and Mrs. Grumpy really enjoyed it, especially Brad Cumbus' home run, 16 strikeouts from two pitchers. And said, P.S. Grumpy had some country-pleasing sauces just a little while ago. Attaboy, Grumpy. Attaboy. See, I doubled up. Yesterday, I had country pleasing sauces for breakfast, and then when I got to the ball game, I got to go down the concession stand, and I decided I would splurge, you know, like bust my diet. I do that, like have one cheat day a week, <clears throat> and so I got one of those big, huge pretzels. So I love those, and a uh, country pleasing sausage dog slaw on that. it. Do what? I knew you were going to get one of those. Got it. And I don't eat the bun. I'm not a bread guy, so I didn't eat the bun. But I ate the sausage and the slaw. <laughs> and it was 
Fine, fine, fine. Sure it is. I'm with you, Grumpy. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, what he's talking about, if you don't know, is State Baseball hosted Grambling last night, and it was a close game. State won the game 2-1. to one. And neither team could hit the ball. <laughs> okay, it's just the way it was. And State won 2-1. to one. But you had Bart Gregory doing play-by-play on SEC Plus. And I've done a lot of games with Bart, baseball games and stuff, and a few basketball over the years, uh, going all the way back to 2014 when they started that SEC network and gave you the online version of it. And uh, in recent years, I stepped back, hadn't done as many games, but doing a few baseball games this year. This is my first one this year. And he, Bart texted me uh, earlier in the day, and he was like, hey, uh, Coach Cohen's going to join us up there for the ball game. You cool with that? I'm like, absolutely. That's awesome. And so it was neat because it really takes the pressure off on a guy like me. I'm kind of the third guy. Bart's doing play-by-play. And so I just bounce questions off of John all night long. Strategy, coaching points, on the mound, base running, approach at the plate. And it was just – it was really a neat thing. And, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what he wants to do, but I will say this. John, he, he could – if he wanted, if he were to wake up tomorrow and just decide, hey, you know what, I might want to go into broadcasting baseball, he could step right into it and and be great at it. That's just my opinion. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, two to one ball game last night. Any opinions out there on that? Yeah, it was a deal where State just couldn't hit the ball. Grambling put a guy on the mound. He was a left-hander whose last name it was his name was Jacory Boudreaux. And uh, he had control, okay, so he was not walking people. You did have a very big strike zone, but it was really for both teams. It was a very big strike zone. But both teams had it. Hence the final score, 2-1, to one, and the fact the game lasted 2 hours and 16 minutes. That'd probably be the most positive thing about it, uh, other than getting the win there, 2-1, to one, because of, uh, you know, you got some base runners at one point and a sack fly in the fifth inning, got a run home. And then a Brad Compass home run in the bottom of the seventh inning was the difference in the game. But, yeah, State, uh, they're not hitting the ball. But they, it was weird because you're, you know, you're seeing some velocity on the weekends or half or a couple weekends in a row. Uh, not a lot. Not like what you're going to see in the SEC. You're going to get in the SEC and see 94, you know, 95 every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, depending on who they put out there. But still, to come into Tuesday and see somebody who, I'm, I'm not kidding, man, is like maxing out at about 73 miles an hour. Uh, and, they, and, and, and throwing strikes and ball moving around. and uh, They just they put it in play a bunch, but, um, but not enough. Not enough hard contact either. Some you know, weak pop-ups and that kind of thing. And so you only had one guy in your lineup for State yesterday who had multiple hits. And that was the newcomer, Aaron Downs. Got started in right field, went two for three, had a double in there. I will tell you, I mean, there's already, it's really early in the year, but already there's some new faces, new names that are making a case to to play a lot, at least early on. So, you know, State is a team right now. You look at them, you watch them last night. They're, they're just a team that has come in to start the year that they're not by any stretch clicking on all cylinders. They have lots of pieces in, of the puzzle, you know, in their pitching staff, and particularly in their bullpen. It's just a matter of figuring out, okay, 
who's in what role and who's going to settle into what role and be the most consistent. And they just got they got a ways to go. They got to play a lot of more games before they can figure that out. And same's kind of true for their lineup. You know, they had another. I said got the starting right yeah uh, down starting right field, you know, you had an, a third different starter in center field now McGowan, who played one of the corner outfield spots and he started in center field last night because it was a midweek game and that kind of thing. Started Hancock behind the plate because it's a midweek deal. So Logan Tanner was your DH. He had one hit last night, but played some others. Uh, Slate Offord got in there and uh, a couple of bats for him and he got a hit. But anyway, point being, State just looks like a team to me that they're still, what, maybe 15 <laughs> games? Is it that much? 10 games? Maybe that's it. Maybe 10, 15 days, 8, 9, 10 games or so away from really starting to figure out, okay, this is who we are. This is our team that we're going to roll with going forward. They're still in, it seems like, just judging it like an evaluation. And lots of guys still looking for their confidence. And lots of teams do that. Lots of really, I've seen a lot of really good state teams that finish the year playing well. Some of them finish the year in Omaha, who early in the year, you had some question marks. And, and really, you can be a very good team and still have question marks. They're just not clicking on all cylinders right now. You know, you go back to, Last couple of years when you had Rowdy Jordan at the top of your lineup at State, he was in a slump in the early part of the year two different times in his career. And, you know, it wasn't one of those things. You felt like he would get out of it and hit his way out of it, and eventually he did. But the whole time you were in that slump for Rowdy, you know, it's kind of hanging in the balance. He's either got to get to a point where he starts hitting himself out of it, and if not, they just would have had to have played somebody else. He just eventually was able to get it going. And I think the same is true for some of the guys in the, in the lineup as it is right now. It's a little bit of a slow start offensively. They're going to have to pick that up. Really good outing last night for Parker Stinnett. He, um, you know, you've seen him some last year. He's got really good stuff, and the velocity's good. But it's control and, and pinpoint. And look, last night he stepped on the mound. And, and I know you're playing Grambling. It's not like you're pitching to Arkansas. Okay, big difference. Everybody admits that, but but still, Grambling's a pretty good little baseball team. I think the year's probably going to prove that out for them. And the, the biggest thing was though that Stennett was hitting every spot he wanted to hit. That's the thing, kind of competing against the strike zone as opposed to competing against the hitter. And uh, he got that he got the feel of the release point of that breaking ball. And we got a glimpse. It didn't matter who they were playing last night. We got a glimpse of what the coaching staff has been seeing in Parker Stinnett when he's got the release point and he's hitting the spot and snapping that breaking ball off and throwing it for a strike and getting swings and misses. It was really good last night. So maybe that'll be a boost for him and get him going, which would be a huge piece for your bullpen uh, for Mississippi State. But they've got to hit it better. There's no question about it. They've got to start swinging the bats better because they're hitting a stretch now where if it's like, Last night or a couple of these Fridays we've seen, they'll get beat. They'll lose some games uh, unless the consistency and the barrel meets the ball a little more. Easier said than done. But, you know, you're going to, State's going to play Southern Miss tonight, Trustmark Park and Pearl. And uh, you will see quality arms at Southern Miss. 
And then you're going to hit the weekend and go to Tulane. And look, Tulane is a really good baseball team. They've lost one game this year. They're 6-1 and one, and took two out of three this past weekend from La Tech in Ruston. And that's a – and you're going to go play them at Tulane. And you have a great big bullseye on your back. So uh, that's going to be a really – that's going to be a good-for-you series this weekend for Mississippi State. Turn around and then go to – and to Biloxi and play two games in the midweek against Texas Tech. So this next little stretch is really important. You know, and one thing John Cohen pointed out last night on the broadcast, the first time as a team that you pile up and go on the road, get away from home, go play in front of smaller crowds, smaller ballparks. Now that won't be the case tonight in Pearl, but in some of these others it will be. It's really good for you. It kind of galvanizes you being on the road together, staying in a hotel, you're in buses. You know, you just you, you start – it helps to build your chemistry into what it's going to be. And so state fans hoping that goes well. Now, speaking about being in sync and having put it all together, uh, Ole Miss is a team, a baseball team, that right now, this moment, at this point in the year, they are clicking on all cylinders. That Ole Miss baseball team has started as hot as anybody in the country. And they are just like an automatic 10 runs on the board, it seems like, every night at least. Last night they go double digits again. Um, go a 10-2 win over Louisiana Monroe, and I thought I saw where their pitching staff struck out like 17 in that ballgame. <clears throat> and so again, so now, ever how many games it is, they continue their streak of scoring double-digit runs. That is now six straight games scoring double-digit runs for the Ole Miss team. The most runs they've allowed all year was uh, two weeks ago when they gave up five runs to Arkansas State. Now think about that. Look at the Ole Miss scores this year. They've played Charleston Southern, Arkansas State, Virginia Commonwealth, and then last night against uh, Louisiana Monroe, and they'll play them again tonight or this afternoon. But 9-3 to in the season opener, the only game this year they didn't score at least 10. And then the rest of them, 11-1, 12-2, 15-5, 10-4, 14-3, 10-2. to They are absolutely dominating everybody they step on the field against. And they just, they're dominating everybody. Now, it's baseball, so as soon as I point that out, watch them lose tonight, you know, 3-2. to But uh, you just never know. But they are as hot as anybody in the country. They have come out of the gates this year playing as good a baseball as as you can play. And that's kind of where they are. Other scores last night in college baseball. Vandy beat Central Arkansas 5-2. No surprise there. Florida won at North Florida 11-2. Tennessee beat East Tennessee State 4-1. That was in Knoxville. You can saw where Alabama lost to somebody last night uh, at, back at home in Tuscaloosa. Who was that? <clears throat> UT Martin. That's who it was. Yeah, UT Martin beat Alabama 7-6. Uh, Kentucky lost its first game of the year. Lost at home to Western Kentucky 7-5. Georgia beat Wofford by a run 7-6. 
South Carolina beat App State 9-6. Auburn continues to play well, beat Alabama State 13-7. Texas A&M with a one-run win over Houston Baptist 3-2. And so there's some of your scores from last night around uh, SEC baseball. Over to the text line, country please and text, Dog Tired in Florence says, by the way, tip of the cap to you, Dog Tired. Still wearing my toboggan, my vest. Dog Tired says there is a special at Country Pleasing, 12 for $47. 12 packs of sausage. Wait a minute. He says, I got all in on the alligator and pork. Wait a minute. Are you telling me you bought 12 packages of alligator and pork sausage? I mean, when you had all those other options, too. If I were getting 12 packages for $47 of Country Pleasing sausage, I would go... Let me do this right here. I would go two jalapeno cheddar, two of black pepper and cheddar, two of the four cheese. Yeah, I'm up to six. That's half my choices right there. I would get two of the original smoked sausage, two packages of the alligator and pork, and then finally, I would probably go with two packages of the maple. That would round it out for me. But that's just me. You do you. White Denzel texts the show and says, Matt, I'm curious. How smart is it of a college football head coach to go speak at a football banquet of a high-value prospect that the school is recruiting? That's what Mario Cristobal did last night. I think it's brilliant. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, those you don't invite yourself to those things, Denzel. They invite you. You know, I mean, so there's that element of it. And, and certainly, you know, there are certain places where you can kind of call your shot, I, I, I guess, if you wanted to, you know. You, you take, like, the state of Alabama, and if there was, like, some type, big number one player or something, if Nick Saban wanted to get word down the line, hey, I sure would like to – Maybe be the featured speaker at your whatever. I'm sure you could get the word down the line, but that's pretty rare. So it, but it is cool. Yeah. Jonathan texts the show and he says, Great job on the call yesterday. I love when John Cohen is on television and Polk is on the radio. You just can't get that many places. They will say something offhand with zero thought uh, into it. I'll spend the next 30 minutes thinking to myself, I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> And he says, as for today, Southern Miss could easily get in the box and punch us in the mouth. Uh, I know it's early and a lot of games to play, but something just ain't right about this team so far. Yeah, they, they, the mojo isn't there. That's what we can say. Now, you can't say that for Brad Cumbust for State because he's been pretty consistent and has hit for power. Now, has he got three home runs now or two? I think three. Maybe two. I'd have to look it up. Multiple anyway. I guess three. He got three home runs now. And um, has been a spark for them. And, you know, again, when you look at it, Nick, you're, I mean, Jonathan, you're right. There's just, they're not right yet. They're, they're not there yet. They, you don't even know who your everyday leadoff hitter is in the lineup. I mean, here it is. This is the transition. This is the transition. Life after Rowdy. Life after TA. You know, life after McLeod and Bednar. You think about last year, 
those things were settled. You knew who your leadoff hitter was. You knew who your two, three-hole hitter was. It was the player of the year in all of college baseball, for that matter. You know, you knew who your one and two on Friday, Saturdays were. Yeah, two really high round draft picks. That's what they were, including one first rounder. So this is life after it. You come into this year, a bunch of new pieces. One of the main guys in the competition for your leadoff spot has never even played for you before. Hadn't even been around. He's a first-year transfer guy. You know, all that kind of stuff. So they're going through the throws. And people can all they want to stand on the outside and go, yeah, well, you know, you, you're a, you just won the whole thing last year and you pay your coach all this money and you're supposed to have this figured out. Well, look, it doesn't work that way. I don't care who you are. It doesn't work that way. Because, number one, practice in the fall and scrimmages in the early spring are one thing, but they're not games. They're not live pitching from other guys. It's just totally different. And then, you know, to get in there and actually play in those games. So, they're still trying to figure it out. It is... All, I mean, it is entirely possible you see a different starting lineup tonight than the ones you've seen. A different leadoff hitter than the ones you've seen. You just... There's no way to to really feel confident about nailing any one thing down. They have too many spots they don't know about yet. There's competitions all over the place. they got a competition at shortstop, at second base, at center field, right field. <laughs> I mean, it's just... So, they're going through the throws... Lamonis will nail it down at some point. This is who we are, and then they'll roll with it. And then you can start to work towards playing your best baseball at the end of the year. The goal is not to play your best now. So play well, but you really as a team want to play your best in May and June. Just getting started. Y'all stick around. Are you ready? Get ready for the Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And who's on your radio? Right now! Back with you. A couple of programming notes. All right, you've got Mississippi State Southern Miss playing each other in baseball tonight. Six o'clock at Trustmark Park in Pearl. Bill, so here's what we've got is Mississippi State basketball is hosting Auburn at about the same time, right? Mm-hmm. We have what we have here is a conflict. So we got a failure to communicate. Okay, so it's our understanding. Y'all listen up. It's our understanding. Well, okay, first of all, there will be no video live stream of Mississippi State Southern Miss. There's only one way to watch that. That's go to the game. Yeah. Number two. There will be no statewide network broadcast on the radio of that game for Mississippi State. Now, I would assume that, you know, wherever you can pick up a Southern Miss baseball affiliate on the radio, you can listen to their broadcast on the radio with John Cox. Great guy, great broadcaster. But a lot of parts of the state don't have a Southern Miss radio, uh, you know, affiliate. Uh, so. As far as picking it up on radio, radio stations that carry Mississippi State sports built, they're going to carry the basketball game tonight, right? Right, exactly. Okay. And the state baseball game will be local in Starkville and on stream. 
And when you say on stream, I was just thinking, I mean, I guess that means on like the TuneIn app or at hailstate.com yeah, or something. You can, I think you can get it. I, I listened to it the other day on it. I just went to Mississippi State Baseball, and you could scroll down and find Listen Live. Yeah, okay. And if you click on it, there's a, there's a live broadcast there. Right, so maybe you can tune in. So if you don't live in Starkville, you want to listen to Jim Ellis on the radio, you have to find it online somewhere, streaming. Yeah. But there yeah. will be a couple of options. Or if you can find out what station it is that carries it in Starkville, you could stream there. Stream there, broadcast. yeah. Whoever the flagship is. I'm not sure is. who carries it up there. Yeah. Well, I should I mean, know, I could find I out and let you know. Yeah. If you find out, let me know, and maybe I'll just yeah, tweet I'll out that. the information and the link for people that want to listen to that. Because you do have... Uh, so so anyway, there's one programming note. Now, the other programming note, help me out here, Bill. If you're listening in uh -huh. Jackson, then starting later this month in March, uh, one of the local stations um, that we're, you know... Uh, brother sister with is yeah, going to sure. carry Jackson State baseball on the radio, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, so it's March the 29th. It'll start on March 29th and the station is WOAD Gospel 1300, which is where the basketball is right now for Jackson State. And okay. It'll be on there. It's uh, 1300 AM and 103.3 FM. Okay. 103.3 FM and 1300 AM WOAD starting later this month right. is going to get carry, out of basketball. We've got to get basketball, get out basketball out of the way, but you're going to yeah. pick up and start carrying the baseball games also. Right. There'll be it, probably two to three games a week, uh, Friday and Saturdays for sure. And then they're going to start out on a Tuesday, the 29th. Okay. The first, first game. And Rob J will be your play by play announcer. Adam boy. Look get forward, him, Rob. To, forward to hearing Rob call some baseball. So there you go, a couple of programming notes. Stand by for further details. <laughs> Stand by for news. <laughs> now to the weather. Steve says on the I'm sorry, Steven says on the country pleasing text line, enjoyed watching state games on uh, state's game on TV last night. All three of y'all did a good job, but I have one question. Do they sit the crowd mic in or near the visiting dugout? Because it seemed like the mic caught a lot of cheering and chatter from the visitors' dugout. Yeah, it's been that way for years. I guess that's kind of where it's wired. You know, the stadium is sort of pre-wired in certain ways. I don't really know, though, Stephen. I don't know if they only put one mic and it's on that side. It happens to be close to the other dugout. I just, I don't know. But it is a microphone that's picking up sounds from different parts of the stadium. And there is one right down there maybe behind home plate, or maybe it is closer where it's positioned to the opposing dugout. I've heard those complaints about that kind of stuff before. Now on my sausage choices, Dog Tired said I hit a grand slam. Those 12 picks or thumbs up, that jalapeno and cheddar is certainly a go-to. It definitely is. Don't sell it short, though, the original smoked sausage flavor. In fact, I'd almost like recommend people start there. If you're trying country pleasing for the first time, Nick texts the show and he said, are people really going to question the only coach that has ever brought a national championship to MSU? There should already be a statue of Lamonas on every corner of the cotton district. <laughs> That's, I mean, hyperbole starting out hot. Does you no good? He says, if you're sent home in June, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they better. They better figure it out. <laughs> the real unnamed texture says baseball is a very difficult and cruel game at times, and it's early. So give it some time. With that being said, 
He says, I understand the frustration with the hitting because it's not just these two weeks, but also a lot of last year was up and down. Of course, coming in as a national champ is going to put a lot of pressure on these kids. The team is not the national champion, uh, national champions, but every opponent will treat them like they are. Yeah, you know, um, there is maybe some truth to that, at least in terms of getting up, you know, in your excitement. But it still comes down to, you know, plate approaches, balls and strike calls. You know, a hot ground ball six feet to the right is a single in the center field. Six feet to the left, it's a easy ground out. You know, I mean, it just comes down to some of those things. It really does. The consistency that you're doing, all that stuff, throwing strikes, defending, putting a barrel on it. You do that enough, good stuff going to happen. There's plenty of talent there. Um, but, you know, dare I say that the most talented people in your uniforms are a lot of young guys. Some of them are first-year players. I know one thing. State's got size. There may be some others out there. they got a whole bunch of 6'2s and 3s and 240s and 250s. Not to mention Brad Cumbus is... 6'6", and about 240 pounds. Speaking of that game tonight, too, if you're a State fan wanting to listen to it on the the Mississippi State broadcast with Jim Ellis, like we said, it's not going to be a statewide deal. You'll be hearing basketball, so they're going to broadcast baseball locally. And Bill found it. The the local affiliate in Starkville is 100.9 FM. WKBB. So if you want to go, you know, stream that, you can look it up online, maybe stream that way and hear Jim's broadcast of it. Squez texted the show. He said, bring on Tulane this weekend. Still hate him from last year. I'll tell you what, I don't even remember the exact results. So I'm going to look it up because it's getting close, right? You're about to have the rematch from last year and it's going to be on the road. <clears throat> uh, so I need I need to look it up. But what I remember about it, without remembering the exact sequence of the the runs in the games, am I right, Squares State took two out of three from Tulane last year, I think. Or did they salvage one? I know Tulane won with their guy on the mound on that, that first game last year. But it was in Starkville, and Tulane was the most chirpy, chattery, like just way overconfident <laughs> Trying to get in your head, bunch uh, that you've ever seen. All right, so here it was. Um, yeah, it was last year in Starkville. Okay, so the Friday night, Tulane won seven to three, and that was they had the guy with the long hair was their Friday night pitcher, and he did a really good job against State's lineup. And Tulane won the opener seven to three. State won the Saturday game nine to five, but it seems like if we were to look that up, wasn't that sort of like a late inning? Rally? Yeah, it was. That's what it was. It was that unbelievable six runs in the bottom of the ninth inning to walk off the ball game. That's what it was. So you're you're I mean when you think about it, so you're sitting there, you're down. Yeah, it was a grand slam, wasn't it? That's what it was. So you were either uh, I got it right here. Let's see. It was, uh, they were up three-two after two. It was four to three after six. It was five to three after eight. So state was going into the bottom of the ninth down five to three. 
And uh, in that game two of last year, you lost the first one. They're fixing to take two out of three. You're down to your last three outs. You know, you tie it up and then get a grand slam to walk it off and win nine to five. And then, uh, and then the Sunday game was a one-run game, so it's a rubber match. So, you know, it's crazy. State won two out of three, but they were so close to not winning a single one. You know, that's crazy how baseball can work. And then they're going to go to Tulane this year. People have just remembered. That's what I've noticed. The way that the Tulane baseball team behaved last year, people have just remembered it. They seem to have remembered it. Yeah, Squares remembered uh, the walk-off. B-Dog 2 texts the show, and he says, Does Brad Cumba still play football? He seems like he'd be a good de- defensive end like J.J. Watt. No, uh, he does not. You know, so was not with the football team this past year, focusing on baseball, then went through injury stuff to get completely healthy. So this is the first time for him playing baseball in college where he didn't have football in the fall. It's Even though injury took him out of a lot of the activities, he still was baseball only. Yeah. Big old joker. Okay. More texts. We'll get some phone calls. If you called me and dropped, get on back. We'll talk to you here in just a bit when we come back. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stay with me. I um I have a special birthday shout out before we jump on the phone and get to some more text messages, okay? Here on March the 2nd, I have a special birthday shout out. And to do it right, to do it right is going to require a little listen in to what it sounded like when you were a fan of the 1990s, early 1990s Braves for this birthday shout-out? Back goes Nixon to the wall. He caught it! Unbelievable! Kiss this one goodbye! It's a slam! And down the track he comes! Yes, that's what it sounded like. Happy birthday. Happy 57th birthday to Ron Gant. Number five in Atlanta. Played in the outfield. Came up, though, as a second baseman, the most swole second baseman <laughs> you've ever seen. Dude, love the weight room and doing curls, biceps. You know, seen the size of the arms on this guy. Ron Gant came up second baseman for the Braves, but then transitioned to the outfield, became a two-time All-Star uh, vote getter. Well, played in the All-Star game twice while he was uh, well once in Atlanta, and then again he was an All-Star in ninety 
five after coming back from an injury that kind of ended his stint in Atlanta, um, you know, a motorbike uh, injury, ended his stint in Atlanta. He came back for Cincinnati, missed the whole 94 season, came back and played for the Reds in 95, was an all-star, finished 11th in the MVP voting his first year back. Um, you know, his best, he was fourth in the Rookie of the Year voting in his first full year in the majors in 1988. He was fifth in the MVP voting in 93 as their everyday uh, left fielder. Hit 36 home runs that year. Played a lot of years, too. You know, we remember him as a, as a, a member of those Braves teams in the early 90s. But after leaving Atlanta in 93, missed all of 94, he came back in Cincinnati and then played for the Reds. The Cardinals of Phillies in two different stints, two different stints in Toronto, was in Anaheim for a par- portion of a season in 2000, played in 01 in Oakland and Colorado, 02 in San Diego, hit 18 home runs for the Padres in 02, and then his last year in the majors was 03 in Oakland, only played in 17 games, but still had a long career. Ronnie Gant. His arms weren't guns, they were cannons. I'm telling you. That dude was just, and uh, he could absolutely hit the baseball, too. All right, let's keep the conversation going. This time on the phone, we'll head over to the Divinity Equipment phone line. RT on line one. What's up, RT? Hey, Matt. Uh, I'm just, I'm not quite sure when you graduated from state, but did you happen to know uh, Matt Peoples that played, like, he was an infielder for state, and also, were, were you there when uh, uh, Papelbon was in state? No, Papelbon was a little younger than me. I was already graduated and gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, what was so great was that, you know. Come every time RT calls us, we have a, there, there he is. He's back. We, could, we lost you for a minute, RT. Yeah, I bet you did. I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of the Delta, but I should be okay, okay. right now. All right. But uh, I, I, I'm just always amazed at just the, just how great the, the the state fan fans are around the Delta area. I mean, just you know, I, I know they're all freaking out because they've lost a few games. It's gonna be okay. I mean, good grief. Just look at the Rebels. We're the chokingest chokes of the chokers. You know, and I mean, it states the opposite. They're going to be okay. Parker Stinnett, my, my, my best friend, is his uncle. His, his, his brother plays for Memphis, and his little brother, I think, is already committed to Ole Miss. If the coach will let Stinnett pitch a little bit, they'll be fine. And they'll, they'll solve a little bit of a problem. Sure, it, Sure, they're not hitting good. Well, it's been 30 degrees for about the last three weeks. It's okay, Starkville. Y'all will be okay. Don't freak out. Y'all are the national champ. It's a hangover. It's going to get ugly for a little bit, but you'll be okay. And uh, the Rebel, as long as y'all don't beat us when y'all come to Oxford, we'll be okay. Let's just tie for the SEC West lead. And, every, and, and, you know, both of us will get a super regional, and it'll be all good, and everybody in Mississippi will be happy, just like when when, when the Bulldog and Rebels were three, two and one or one and three in football a few years ago, 
with, with, with Freeze and Mullen and all that other, but it's going to be okay. I just want the state fans and farmers around me to relax. It's going to be okay. Appreciate the message, RT. The message. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be Don't okay. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Don't worry. Happy. You know who's not happy? And ain't going to be happy for a while? Fans of Major League Baseball. No kidding. I couldn't believe that yesterday. So they reset the deadline and then <laughs> missed that one too. And then they all came out talking. and Start canceling games and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Tony Clark, the, um, the head of the MLB Players Association, kind of the, the spokesman there, he made a really good point when he started talking yesterday, Bill. Mm-hmm. When he pointed out, you know – we didn't just y'all remember. We didn't go on strike. The players didn't go on strike, which has happened before. We have been locked out by the owners. Let's just don't forget that. Players want to play. We we all know that. But the reason we're not playing is simple. A lockout is the ultimate economic weapon. Let me repeat that. A lockout is the ultimate economic weapon. In a $10 billion industry, the owners have made a conscious decision to use this weapon against the greatest asset they have, the players. I mean, it helps to remember that, doesn't it? It's not like the players said, we're not playing. It's, it, they, the players said, we want this. And we're willing, I guess, maybe to play through it. The owner said, no, we're going to lock you out. Meanwhile, Manfred, who represents the owners, comes out of there and goes, oh, well, the ball's in their court. All I can say, um, nothing scheduled right now. Um, and we made a proposal this afternoon. Um, I believe, without exception, every topic we have made the last proposal. Every single issue in the basic agreement, we have made the last proposal. You draw your own conclusion as to who ought to go next. Mm. We've made our, a, a proposal in every topic. And then, and then throws it at the players. So saying, you make blame them. Don't blame us. He even got a question later. Manfred said, don't blame me. Rob, you've said many times you see yourself as a deal maker. You take pride in the previous agreements you've made. So how much do you see this outcome as reflecting on you as commissioner now? Look, it, it, the, the difficult thing about this, if, if it was solely within um, – my ability or the ability of the clubs to get an agreement, we'd have an agreement. The tough thing about this process is it takes both parties to make an agreement. I'm really disappointed that we didn't make an agreement, and I'm really committed to doing everything possible to get one. They made all the latest offers on every issue. He says, don't blame us, blame them. Today is is a, a sad day. Uh, as a, a former player, as a fan for our game, today is a, a sad day. We came to Florida to navigate or to no- negotiate for a, a fair collective bargaining agreement. Despite meeting daily while here in Florida, uh, there is still work that needs to be done. We are seeking improvements to our CBA because significant improvements are needed. We've made no mistake about that fact over the course of the last three or four years based on what we've seen on the field and off the field. It's against that backdrop of growing revenues and record profits for owners in the league 
that players seek and deserve nothing more than fundamental fairness. Now, a wise man once said that the fair only comes to town once a year. Fair? What's fair to the fans? Hmm? What's fair to them? Here is Major League Baseball Network's Tom Verducci. The extreme step of taking down games of the regular season, to me, means that this is the long haul that all of us are in for. I, I don't see a quick resolution because of the pain that is extracted from making this decision that they can't go any forward with negotiating. Uh, I kind of jumbled that. But anyway, look, so I don't know. From day to day, like if you have any emotion at all invest, invested in that story of what's happening and the talks and now you're missing spring training and now you're going to miss regular season games and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you have any emotional strings attached to it at all, you're going to maybe have sort of a roller coaster you'll, you'll ride day to day. One day you may have one feeling about it. The next day you may feel differently. I understand that. But I just feel like this is very, very bad news for pro baseball. Um, they just sliced off a portion, a, a big portion of their fans around the country who are never coming back. Ever. It's just the way it is. It's the way this stuff works. Bring on college baseball. Send them a link. Stick around.